Thank you for listening to the following films podcast. Today I'm joined by director, writer, Dennis Theriault. Or is it Denny? I know he's Canadian, so is it the French pronunciation or is it the English pronunciation? Either Dennis or Denny. I apologize, I should have asked when I had, a, had the chance when I was speaking to him just a few hours ago. Um, either way, I'm joined by Mr. Theriault uh, to talk about his film, I Am Sid Stone. Sid Stone is a former A-list actor who finds himself in a small town, reluctantly shooting a B-movie. While getting drunk in a hotel bar, he makes an instant connection with Matt, a young lawyer on the verge of his biggest case yet, and it's more than a friendly connection. The film will be available on December 7th on VOD and DVD from Dark Star Pictures. Want to thank Bookmans for sponsoring the show today, and thanks to Fort Worth for letting me use the song at the end. Hope you enjoy the show. There we go. I think uh, we're connected now. Hey, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you today? Good, good. I apologize if you hear my dog. He's just puttering around here. <laughs> no, no worries at all. It's a part of the new world we live in. Totally expected at this point. Right? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> well, thank you for taking the time out of your Sunday afternoon to do this. I really appreciate it. Oh, of course. Thank you for, for featuring us. Uh, it's it's, it's great to be on the blog so i appreciate it well it's this is a movie that i was definitely interested in because it's something that when there's a subject like a coming out story um there's it's a well um it's been covered a lot and so i'm always curious when somebody what did they have to say what did you have to bring to the table with this particular story um why would you want to and i was curious like what would that be for this particular one i had never seen it with the angle of fame told in this way before. And I felt like you did have a very unique perspective on this that actually I think speaks more to anybody that feels like an outsider um, than specific to coming out with sexuality, gender, anything like that. It has a pretty universal um, appeal. Yeah. It's uh, I'm actually super stoked that you touched upon that because that uh, was something that kind of that angle that I was pushing even prior to shooting was that, um, even though this is a quote unquote gay project, uh, you know, there is subject matter LGBT all throughout, obviously, but, uh, my whole, like, like almost like, uh, a, an autom- like an automated machine, I would say, you know, anyone that's felt other, anyone that's felt different or that they didn't belong will be able to empathize with this. They don't have to have been necessarily part of the LGBT community. So I'm, I'm glad that you touched upon that because that was my hope ultimately, um, is that it's it's a universal story. Yeah, and you even have a character in the film that speaks to that, where he basically says, look, nobody gives a shit about this anymore. Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, kind of, yeah. and, and that was in, I'm 45. So I, I've been through that cycle of when people really did give a shit about it to now where it is something that's like, okay, that's a piece of who you are, but if that's all you have, there's that's pretty surface level at this point. And I think that right. you do go into a deeper area with this. Yeah, no, it's, 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 it's just, yeah, you, you hit the nose, uh, you hit the nail right on the head because it's like, uh, at the end of the day, it's not something that, that defines you. Whereas before, because you had to fight so much for your identity, it did, it, it took a bigger part of who you were because you had to kind of stand in your uh, space and, and occupy that space as a, an LGBT person. Whereas now it's still there. And believe me, I, I'm sure, you know, there's still a lot of work to do, but 
we're we're so much more um, far advanced in our cause, I would say, and uh, acceptance is so much more widespread. And there's so much LGBT film and TV content being produced, and and now it's, it's the the, uh, the trans community are getting their voices heard as well. Uh, finally, with Pose especially, and uh, so yeah, things are things are changing and, and evolving, and there's there's always more work to be done, but it's certainly super encouraging to see. So. And then what was it, um, cause you've been working on this project, this idea for a while, it started as a short, um, apparently the way that I see it described online, it was broken into 15 minute chunks at some point for a series. And then yeah. I watched it as an entire feature length film. Um, can you talk a little bit about the origin of this story and how it's many iterations that it's had so far? For sure. Yeah. And you're, and you're totally right. It's had many lives. Um, so it started out as a short film in 20 shot in 2014 released in 2015 and uh based on the success of that film my my original uh star of the short his name was garrett pawn and he played sid in the original and now with this current project he's now become uh the producer uh because him and i have had similar paths where we both met as actors um the reason why i cast him in the short film in the first place was because we would always get sent for the same type of roles because we look the same same type of age group and and uh, and we would always be each other's competition, right? So I thought, well, okay, when we're gonna make this film, I don't, I don't think I'm ready to to direct myself yet. So I'm gonna make Garrett my star. So all that to say that um, you know the film was very personal because it's based on my personal experience. Obviously, I, I've never lived anything on the scale that Sid has. I've never been, you know, an uber celebrity or anything like that. I've worked steadily, but but uh, nothing on his scale. Um, but I think that I'd made other shorts before, and I think that what really struck a chord with this one is because it was so personal um it it traveled the world it, it went to like i think 34 35 film festivals around the world um and then once it got put online after its festival run it reached a million views really quickly and so we were like whoa like people are clearly responding to this we were getting emails and private messages from all over the world and um for something that's such a short uh piece of entertainment you know it's 11 12 minutes people really connected with it um, so, uh, you know, five or six years later, when we saw that it had gained this kind of online kind of status, we started thinking, well, do we, like, I wonder where Sid is these days? What is he doing? You know, and do we make a, a sequel to a short film? Is that something that exists? Do people do that? You know? And, uh, so then in Canada, we have this funding entity called Telefilm. It's basically mm -hmm. all, um, it's the, it's the kind of government tax funded, you know, arts funding, uh, for film specifically. And uh, that year they had opened up their, their talent to watch program, which is kind of like a uh, intermediate kind of thing. Like it's not for beginners and it's not for pros. It's kind of like, you know, when you're trying to start figuring your stuff out, um, they opened up the, the kind of uh, parameters of the program where you could either make a first feature film or uh, a web series. And so we figured, well, what a perfect format to, to, to produce this kind of second part in. Um, and we can make it so that even if you haven't seen the short film, you'll still understand the world. And there's subtle nods to the short all throughout the series as well. Um, but yeah, we thought, hey, it's got all this success online. Let's make it a web series, you know? So then we wrote it. And I mean, beginning to end, as you saw, eventually, it does basically make a feature film. It's like an hour and 25 minutes. Um, <laughs> So yeah, I mean, it premiered uh, originally on Out TV in Canada. So it's 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 had this weird life because it, it was initially supposed to be a web series, and then it was picked up by Out TV. And so then 
it, it literally did air on TV, which blew my mind because it was like, I never thought it would happen, right? It's so it's web series. Uh-huh. Uh, and the big, really cool thing for me is like, I'm a big um, RuPaul's Drag Race fan and it would, they started showing commercials for it during the, the finale. And I was just like, what? What is this? That's, that's, that's my show. Like what? That's, it, was, yeah. it was crazy. Uh, so then after that, um, our distributor level in Canada said that uh, Dark Star Pictures, who are who are now our U.S. distributors for physical and um, digital uh, media, um, approached them and said, "Hey, like this is this would make a great film, and it, it just needs a couple of tweaks." And really, um, as you saw, the the kind of the interstitials or what started each episode was those um, eight millimeter films. Um, Interesting. Okay. Didn't. Yeah. So that's how you know that was supposed to be our like kind of credit sequence i guess in the in the episodes and so within the film we just used those to bridge kind of the moments in between and i wasn't sure if it would work like even when we were first approached i'm like oh, you know what like we shot this as a show and it has like cliffhangers and it's i just don't know if it'll gel as the film like the b story with the, the little kid actor is not as developed as they want it to be and but then I thought, you know what, we put everything that we had in this. We, we um, For a web series, we, we made sure that we got an incredible camera. We, uh, I wanted a really good lens package. My, one of my favorite films is Shane um, yeah, by Stephen Queen. Yeah, so visually, that was a, vi- a big inspiration. And, and I literally sought out the same camera and the same lenses. It's called the Cook, the Cook lenses. So we did, and, and we, we had to sacrifice a lot of other things, such as being paid <laughs> initially. Uh, you know, my producer and I, we gave our, our, our fees up so that we could afford that, that camera. So all that to say, um, the film, the, the show ended up looking more like a film than a, a typical web series, which is usually shot on the cheap, you know, like you don't have a lot of, of funding, right? Um, so then, yeah, when we, we got to kind of looking at the, the show as a film, we, and, and luckily enough, Dark Star was uh, nice and kind enough to have helped bring my original editor on board to make that cut. Um, so he knew the material in and out, and he was able to kind of uh, kind of see, like put, put together like a seamstress, all of those like in and out points and make kind of a cohesive thing. And um, I think ultimately it worked. I was actually really proud of it. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of the journey of it. It's had, it's had quite a life. Well, it never feels episodic, which is something I didn't realize it until after I'd already seen the film, that this is how it started. It, the interstitials that you're referring to, these old kind of VHS or Super 8 uh, films, they, they're, they feel like more emotional beats for him, where you're learning more about the character through this and his relationship with his father, which is just this mm-hmm. ongoing um, story arc, and it eventually comes to an end, and you can see all these things being laid out early with the way that he's named and um, the video is you, is that correct? This is you as a child. Yeah. So, yes, it is. Yeah. so is that, I mean, there's quite a lot to unpack within that with the, um, the idea of your personal relationship because it's you on screen, the name being used of somebody. I don't think you get more self-destructive than somebody named Sid vicious. And so somebody that would yeah. give their name, uh, name their child, <laughs> that is somebody who probably doesn't have the best, most, I don't know, hopeful outlook. <laughs> child yeah perhaps. so yeah, um, i'm glad you picked up on that yeah and yeah and like, so, i mean to layer on top of that he um he's masking with alcohol there's a lot of there's some substance abuse stuff here it's never dwelled on and it's never the focus of it but it's so clearly there and just kind of on the last note of that the way that you um shoot drink making is wonderful oh yeah oh thank you <laughs> Yeah, that was a rig that we came up with my, my DOP and I. We were like, 
I wanted to I wanted to kind of emulate the the exciting feeling of like why does an alcoholic seek out alcohol? It's, it's exciting to him, right? So I wanted to kind of just jolt the audience into kind of feeling what that felt like for that moment, you know. So cool. I'm glad you enjoyed those. <laughs> yeah, and then with the um, other pieces with using your own footage and the the naming of the character, could you talk a little about yeah. uh, those two elements? Yeah, I mean, um, if I don't know if this is what you're asking specifically, but uh, to say like again, this is an extrapolation of my experience, but in no way is like his childhood my experience. I, I didn't think so. No. Uh, yeah, but I mean, it's a it's a valid question because it is a very personal project, and and initially those those videos as well were not even supposed to be part of the project. It's something that came late uh, in the game and the edit when we were trying to figure out. Initially, every episode started just over black, and you would hear kind of like a situation happening and then it would cut to the scene and you would see what was going on and it just didn't work it just didn't uh, it didn't grab you right from the get-go and so we thought hmm, okay how can we make this personal and then I started thinking I had this box of like my parents filmed everything when I was a kid I was lucky so I, I had uh and again it, it ended up being that eight millimeter camera that I used to make my first short films as well but initially they would just I was the star so I I think I had I think 30 30 some tapes and uh, I told my editor, I'm like, give me the weekend. Let me go through all of these and see if I can like log some some stuff that would be worthy of it. And then it kind of like, it's so weird because I, I was, as I was going through, I was finding these pieces that were like, par par like they could fit, they could work, even though it's not what's happening in the actual footage is not what actually happened, but it interprets that like within the confines of the show, it worked. Um and uh, yeah, so I think that it just made that the story that much more personal for me because it, it, it just, you know, and I, it was so funny. Like I had to call up both my parents and get them to sign like releases and stuff. And they're like, they don't even know what that means. Right. They're like, what do you mean I'm going to be in the show? Like I didn't, I wasn't on set. I'm like, don't worry about it. You know, like, um, so yeah, it was a very cool thing for, for my parents to, to, for me to be able to include them because uh, ultimately my parents gave me such a great childhood. I'm an only child. I was very, very spoiled. And, um, you know, not to get in the whole coming out thing, but like, it was relatively easy. I, even though my parents are very accepting and, um, and then as far as Sid Vicious, I mean, it's funny because that whole, like that piece of dialogue, Sid Stone was named as a character like five or six years ago with the short. So the Sid Stone or the Sid Vicious reference wasn't even in my head. Um, to be honest, where the, where his name came from is an amalgamation of, um, I'm a big fan of the screenies. I've, I've got a tattoo actually. Um, so I'm a big fan of Sidney Prescott. So, so Sid, and then, uh, stone, um, one of my favorite movies is basic instinct. So Sharon stone. So that's literally how I found the name Sid stone. <laughs> it's so random. Um, so it initially had nothing to do with Sid vicious, but then when I was writing the series, I'm like, Hmm, there's something to that where like, if your dad names you that, like there's a lot of baggage that comes with that. And it's just like, I like that, the meatiness of that. And it's just almost like a throwaway thing to Sid. I don't even think he had kind of really knows what that means. He's like, Oh yeah, my dad was just a Sid Vicious fan. Like, yeah, I don't think he knows the implication, you know? So he doesn't yeah. strike somebody as somebody who spends a lot of time listening to sex pistols. It doesn't come at least that no. as the character, as I see him, he does. <laughs> So. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, not no. I don't think so either. <laughs> and that's um, that, that that's one of those things that I love. That's a throwaway because it's something that actually adds this whole other dimension to the character and says so much about that relationship with the father and then how that ties in to this. Um, what I think really to me is the real impetus for his change and his acceptance and is 
seeing this in another kid and seeing a mirror of himself in, you know, a 10 year old boy where he's just, and you know, it's never defined because he's 10, but it, there's something, this kid that doesn't want to be an athlete. He's attracted to the arts. Um, yeah, I can definitely relate to that. Um, so yeah. that, that was just, and I, I get that and having parents don't, they can't get their heads around it. Even, a, I think that the parents that we see in the film, they, they just don't know any better. I don't think this is a bad guy, the dad. He just doesn't mm-hmm. understand his son. And I, I think that this intervention is something that's really powerful for that family. Yeah. I mean, I, I'm glad you picked up on that too, because it was, it was never meant to be, uh, the father was never meant to be this like black, black or white villain. You know what I mean? It's, mm-hmm. it's, as, as humans, there's always gray areas. Um, and uh, yeah, you're right. He's not bad. He's not a bad person. He's just, he's misunderstanding his son and, and needs to be ultimately he's educated by Sid uh, indirectly. Like I don't even yeah. think Sid is, Sid is just going through his journey. And the byproduct of that is that the kids and the father kind of get to um, kind of mend and, and, and start a new kind of relationship. Um, and that's what I mean, like with, with as far as it being a feature film, if it had been developed that way, I would have, that was the one thing that I would have kind of maybe massaged a bit more and given a bit more time to, uh, cause it's in the, in the film version, it's a little bit more kind of like bookended. You see them watching the interview and it's like, okay, but I wish I could have kind of given it just a bit more of a, oh, okay, they're, they're good, you know? Um, but, uh, yeah, I, mean, I, I think I, it's I implied like, though. You feel that in, in the sense that oh, yeah. I, I don't think it need, it doesn't feel like it needed to be dwelled on. One thing I love about your film is that it's, you know, 81 minutes long, something like that. I mean, it is lean. There's not an ounce it's of fat lean. on this thing. It doesn't feel like it's ever dwelling on anything. And in that way, it's very easy to move through these emotional beats without it feeling like you're shortchanging anything. So I th- Today's episode of the Following Thumbs podcast is brought to you by Bookman's. So after watching I Am Sid Stone, I went into Bookman's with the idea of watching another film about outsiders, about somebody who doesn't fit in, about somebody who feels uncomfortable in their own skin. And when I walked in and started looking around, um, I I was shocked by what I found almost right away because it's something I've been wanting to get for a little while now when I saw Parasite. I haven't seen this film since the initial release, but if you're not familiar, it's a film from 2019 that ended up winning Best Picture. Um, The film is about a family that I believe they have a, the job was folding pizza boxes in this decrepit basement. They're all uh, living together and they end up scheming to work for this wealthy family. And it's essentially a dark comedy about a dark comedy. The word comedy might be a little bit of a stretch there. There's definitely funny moments in it, but it veers into horror, thriller, drama, but heavy social commentary about um, class system and about the opportunities that we take when they're presented uh, to us. And so it's a really unusual film to win an Oscar because this is not a feel-good film and it's not a traditional um, downbeat film like something that you would see where it's an anti-war movie or something like that. This is a, a one of a kind with the um, 
regards to Academy Award-winning pictures. I would say probably this and Shape of Water are two of the most unusual films in recent history to win Best Picture, and maybe that's just the Academy changing, but um, the movie, its it, I believe it was edited on Final Cut Pro 7, which is an out-of-date version of Final Cut. In fact, it hasn't been updated since 2011, and when they were editing the movie, they didn't shoot coverage. So a lot of times you'll go back and shoot a scene where you'll be able to cut to other parts of it. So um, you can shoot, if you have two actors, you'll shoot them separately, do a wide shot with both of them so you can cut around and you have different options. Um, they didn't do that, so they would end up editing this by cutting cutting to the same take of an individual and did some really unusual things that were... Um, all a part of what made this movie so special. And while it's not something that I would say is a direct one-on-one um, comparison, or it's not really equivalent to I Am Sid Stone, but really anybody who has ever felt like they're an outsider, I think there's a part of Parasite that you would relate to. Even though this is about uh, class, there's if you don't feel like you're a part of society and you feel kind of on the periphery of where everyone else is, it's, I think that they're playing in similar, uh, playing with similar themes in that regard, but the overlap is pretty limited there. And it might be a little bit of a stretch to include it for this, but it was something that I just gravitated to right away when I walked into Bookman's and it's something I've been wanting to revisit for a long time. So they had the, uh, Criterion Blu-ray there, which is, um, phenomenal because of the number of extras that it has on the disc as well as a new 4k scan that was done for it so the picture's going to look amazing on this thing and i'm just excited that i'm going to get to revisit this wonderful little movie so um remember bookmans they have your cool covered hope you enjoy the rest of the show i think it absolutely works the way that it is oh thank you oh i appreciate that yeah and it's that's what's cool too is, is i'm a I mean, I'm a big, I, I love, I love movies. Obviously I'm just a big film buff in general. Right. So I love me a good, like two, two hour, two hour and 15 minute movie. Don't get me wrong, but also it's fun when you're, you know, our attention spans are very short. So it's, it's nice when you can kind of land on a, a short, like 85, 90 minute film where, you know, it just feels like a nice little snack and it's, it's, you know, it's over before you, you notice because you're just so, you don't have time to really think you're just, you know, enjoying the story. So I'm glad that like, it ended up being that format and that we didn't have to cut a lot of fat. Like it was already kind of shot that way. Mm-hmm. Um, we really did because of our limited budget, we did have to only shoot the essentials. Like I, I basically did all of like my trimming in the writing, you know, versus, okay, well let's shoot this and see if it's going to be useful. Cause just, we just couldn't afford it. You know, we didn't have that luxury. So it kind of helped us in the end. And could you talk a little bit about, um, I, I love that you subvert, a very typical way that something you kind of expect the relationship at the center of this film to be um, a lot of times filmmakers will mistakenly make those first um, things that are really infatuation that are um, lust. They'll make them equivalent to love. And I think that this film handles what love actually is in a much clearer way. Um, that, Mm -hmm. you know, we often movies frequently will take infatuation and call that love. And I very rarely see love represented in film and you make, by the way, this film ends, you clearly know that difference. 
Right. Oh, that's oh, that's so cool, man. You're 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 hitting on so many things that uh, were an intention of mine, and that's the, that's the thing with any type of art. You just never know. It's so subjective. You don't know how someone's going to take it, right? It's all it's all relative, and it's all based on what their personal experience and all that you know, all that stuff. Um, but yeah, I think uh, ultimately when we first started writing, or when I first started writing the story, like I think my first draft was they did end up together, and it was very like you know. Uh, it was too sweet. I think one of the lines was like, they were watching the interview together on the couch and and it cuts to them. Like they're the last people that you see watching it. And uh, like Matt says something like, Oh, uh, you should call, you should call your agent and tell them to submit you for, for Marvel. And Sid's like, why? He's like, because you're my hero. And I was like, Oh, you know what I mean? Like it was so gross. (laughs) I'm like, what is this? A lifetime movie of the week? Don't get me wrong. Those are fun too. But, I, I just, that's not the story I wanted to tell. And um, oh. the the more I thought about it, like you said, in life and in films, actually, it, it, it's a lot of times these neat, cute, uh, like life-changing romances are often portrayed as pure love and the people end up together and they never experience any problems after the, the screen goes to black, you know, they live on happily ever after, right? But that's not how it is. Um, but that being said, I versus the short, the short film ends very um, on a downbeat. Um, he kind of just walks back into this monster. He's created this fame and it's this blanket that keeps him safe. So he kind of walks into this whole sea of paparazzi that are outside of his hotel and the film ends like that. Oh, wow. So it's not hope. Yeah. So it's not hopeful. And, and, and part of the reason why I wanted to make it still a happy ending, part of the reason actually the impetus to make the series in, in, in the beginning from, from the get-go was to give him a, a happy ending. Because a lot of the comments on the, you know, the YouTube pages or wherever the film was hosted was that, God damn it, like all these gay projects always end, like people are so depressed and it's just like, man, I, why can't people have the happily ever after? Um, so uh, again, what we ended up doing was giving, uh, sending Sid off into the world with some hope. And so that scene, the last scene that, that happens in the cafe, um, that I wrote that is as written is the first time I wrote that scene. It's, 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 it was shot as written. Wow. Cause it, I, I just, this, everything about the subtlety of it was already in my mind. I'm like, I just want him to have hope. And I did, we didn't say, change a single thing of the dialogue. It's just, uh, that scene came to me really quickly. And, and, and I think it was written very shortly before production. So, um, yeah, I, I think it was the right way to end it. And it, it, it's not too sweet and it's not depressing. And it's just, you know what? Sid's going to be okay. He's he's yeah. on his way. Well, yeah. it's, it's he's not, most of the time in films, you'll have somebody that after whatever um, obstacle they have to overcome, they're fully actualized at that moment. And they are complete. And Sid's yeah. not done baking yet. He has some work to do, but he's just starting that journey of self-acceptance yeah. and his place in the world. And I think that that's a much more honest and beautiful ending that really it's again, it's that idea that does give you hope because it's something that you can project yourself into in that way, where it's not something that feels like, Oh, well, this is a very special person in a very special situation. And that's why they had these very special circumstances. It's no, this is a right. much more universal ending. I think. Yeah. Cause I think when you see that in like a typical rom-com or even a drama, you think, well, that'll never happen to me because that's just not realistic, right? Yeah. It's nice to feel that because it, it's, I mean, I think those films exist so that we can feel good. Uh, but then sometimes you end up feeling bad because you're like, well, that's never going to happen. Um, 
so yeah, I did, I did tend to want to go towards the, the more realistic side of things where, uh, there it's hope it's hope. And, and, and really what happens in your life is up to you. It's that, you know, it's such a cliche, but it's true. It's like, if you want to change your life, only you can do it. You can't just sit around hoping that someone will do it for you. Um, so yeah, I, I'm glad that the message came through. Well, and I think the one thing I want to, I know we're getting short on time, but I wanted to make sure that I touched on you. None of these character characters are caricatures. Everybody is dynamic in this film. Um, there's no bad guy. There's no good guy. Sid is clearly somebody that you could pretty easily have negative feelings towards. Um, maybe, maybe your lawyer is the only guy that's like pretty, pretty clean the whole time where he's just yeah. the, the fact that he shows up and it's like, Hey, you, you can't fuck me and treat me like that. That's not cool. Like that's yeah, the one person yeah. you're like, yeah, no, he's pretty consistent throughout, but pretty much everybody yeah. else in this film is somebody that you, it, I just really appreciate that you allow them to have flaws and you allow them to have moments of grace. Like we all do. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and that's, that's ultimately the, um, Wow, I say ultimately a lot. I realize, <laughs> but it, it, it's it's the sign of a of a well-rounded character. And and uh, for me, coming from the acting side of things, um, I it's the only way I know how to build a character is just from the ground up, and and I and I build it from in, within me. So when I sit there and I write these things, um, you know, this series, I would sit down and I I laugh and I cry with my my characters. I I completely soak myself in these situations. And I think on what happens, what comes out on the other side is hopefully as authentic as it can be through my, the lens of my life, like life experience. Um, so again, I'm, I'm glad that you found that the characters were, were authentic and, and yeah, I mean, ev- ev- not everyone's good or bad. Everyone has different shades of, of all of those things. And uh, I think that it's important that those are reflected in film because for me at the end of the day, when I watch a film and I connect with it, it's because I see myself up there. Way. If I see a situation or someone says a line a certain way or or I see someone like I see a situation like, you know what, I've been there. Someone said that to me. Someone has looked at me that certain way and I know what that feels like. That's when something really uh, gets to me. And, and I walk out of that dark theater and I think, whoa, OK. And it makes me think of my own life and, and my, my place in this world. And um, I think that's what good film and good good art in general make, should make you feel like. So, yeah. You don't take a lot of time um, with exposition in this film where you just put these characters in a world that the audience might not fully understand, but you can feel authenticity. And I think that even when something isn't your story that's being told, when it's being told authentically, um, it feels honest. And that's the entryway to seeing yourself in that and relating to things, even if it's not your experience. Um, if Absolutely. you can relate emotionally is the real, yeah. the most important entryway to me. Yeah. And I think um, you're right. We don't have a lot of time to introduce our, our world, right? We kind of just dip you right into it. It's you see a fan kind of approach him and, and oh, he, oh, you get, he's a movie star. And um, I think for, for me, particularly as a writer director, this is my first long form project. I'd only done shorts before. Um, so we shot this over the course of three weeks, but we also had three weeks of pre-production. Mm. Um, and I had a lot of time, um, not physically, but I, it, it, during like doing the scouting and stuff, I would talk to my actors and I, I recommended them books. I had lists of books and links for, you know, cause, um, part of it is part of the story is about conversion therapy, even though it, the words never said it's, it's just it's on. there, right? It, you can feel yeah. it. Yeah. 
Yeah. So obviously, um, what I'm getting at is I, I made sure that my actors, specifically Sid, um, um, the wonderful Travis Nelson, was kind of steeped with that knowledge, but that he never speaks any of it. But I wanted him to know it. I wanted him to feel it and have that inside of his mind, his body, so that, uh, you know, even with a subtle look, you can kind of see so much of the stuff that he's been through, even though he never verbalizes it. So yeah, a lot of the exposition is done through the character work prior to the shoot. Um, and I think it's, it's, I realized on this project specifically that it's so important to kind of give your actors as much information as you can on their characters, have them be fully rounded people, not just this cardboard cutout saying lines because you need to get to the next scene, therefore this needs to happen. It's like, no, every scene, every beat needs to be justified and earned. Um, and that starts with like internal behavior. Like where does that all come from? Um, their, their decisions, what they do, their motivation. So yeah, that's where all the work is. Absolutely. And I think that that's why this is such a, um, a film that will go beyond um, out TV. It'll go beyond commercials on RuPaul's Drag Race. I think this is some oh. a, a movie that anybody that feels like any sense of being another at some point in their life, which most of us feel that way at some point in mm -hmm. time, um, will have an entry to this film. And just thank you. I mean, the, for making this movie, it's a great little film and something that I definitely recommend. Where can people find it stateside? Is it VOD and when? Uh, yes. Uh, well, first of all, thank you so much for your kind of words. You almost made me tear up. <laughs> um, yeah, so stateside, it's going to be VOD. Uh, so December, my understanding is December 7th, VOD. Um, and then you can also get it on uh, Rent and Buy or on iTunes. And December 14th is the physical release from Dark Star Pictures. And uh, it's going to be released on DVD. There's going to be an eight-minute blooper reel, which is so much fun. Um, there's a really, really, um, dare I say, sexy deleted scene. Um, and uh, what else? Director and cast commentary. And the original short film is on there as well. Um, to bring it all full circle. So it's a nice little package of, of uh, again, something that I never expected from a web series. We never thought we would have a physical release. So thank you so much to Dark Star for, for doing all of this and, 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 you know, helping us reach you and helping us talk to you. And it's, uh, it's really it's just a cool, all of this is a cherry on top of an already wonderful year. So. Well, you made something special. And so I think that that's why. People are, if, if you made something that wasn't special, people, Darkstar wouldn't be reacting to it and giving it that kind of care because there's a lot of stuff that is put out and it's just kind of a cynical release. And this is something where they're putting in that extra time and effort because you made something really, really unique. And, I, and I'm and i definitely recommending this to people. So, and I, and I want more. Oh. I'm a fan. I know oh. it's just your first at bat. <laughs> and I, I want to see you take a couple more swings. Oh, thank you. I, I really appreciate it. And, and don't worry, I've got more than a few things in the pipeline. <laughs> Good. So. I've, I've gotten the taste of it and I'm not stopping. So we're, we're, we're going full speed. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I, I hope to get to speak with you again on whatever the next thing that's coming down the pike happens to be. Absolutely. It would be a pleasure. Thank you so much. No, thank you. I, I hope you enjoy the rest of All your right. Sunday. Take care. All right. Thanks. You too. Bye-bye. Right, Time enough to figure you out. Time enough to write this down. Wish me luck. Give me hope
Wisecrack.